Good morning and welcome. Thank you for joining us online this morning. Good to have you watching with us. A special shout out to those of you who are visiting online for the first time. It's always a pleasure for us to welcome new viewers uh, to our online church. Another shout out though needs to go to those who are watching from Arby Road Baptist Church in Cambridge. It's a pleasure that we're all able to gather around God's word in this moment um, to hear him speak to us. So why don't we all grab our Bibles? The words, of course, that I'm going to read from are going to be on the screen that you're following on. But it's always helpful for us to grab our Bibles too so that we can follow the thread ourselves. So we're reading from James chapter 5, reading from verse 7 through to the end, to verse 20. So James chapter 5, verses 7 through to 20. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's come in. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no, otherwise you will be condemned. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth, and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Let's pray together. Father, in this moment, wherever we are, we take the time to be still and to focus our attention upon you. Speak to us through your word. Teach us to pray. Encourage us to be patient in all these things make us more like Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. A mark of genuine faith in Christ is patience 
and prayerfulness. So this is as good a time as any to grow in patience and grow in earnest prayer. Because God is teaching us all at this time to be patient and to pray. Be patient because these new circumstances for us as a church will be with us for some time. And be prayerful, of course, because we change and our circumstances change when we pray. And for us to discern what God may be doing through this coronavirus and how we're meant to respond as the church, it's going to need us to pray. To pray and discern his will for this season, for this time. This new normal is causing us all to think again about our dependency upon God and prayer demonstrates this in practice. Contrary to popular opinion, our goal in this season is not to concern ourselves with the return to our buildings as quickly as possible so as to carry on as things were before, as noble as we think that goal might be, but it's actually to concern ourselves with the things of God and to be caught up with all that he is doing at this time. It's to adapt and show ourselves to be genuine followers of Christ in these new experiences, knowing that all of us are being called to be patient and pray continually. Now, in these verses that we've read, the poorest amongst the Christians are being oppressed by the wealthy. And having spoken to the oppressors in the previous verses, James now turns to the oppressed. And he encourages even those who endure or will endure hardship to be patient. He encourages those who are suffering to be patient. The rebuke has already gone out to the oppressors. So those on the receiving end of hardship, James is telling them not to fight back or revolt or rebel, or respond with aggression, but to be patient. In our suffering, the Christian response is to be patient. Why? Because we trust in God's coming, in his coming, and we trust that his coming is close at hand. So we're told in verse seven then, that we're to be patient until the Lord's coming. And then later on, we're told that this coming is near, if you read that in verse 8. It's a reference to the second coming of Christ, but also to the fact that God is constantly coming to us in Jesus Christ. That he alone will rescue us and is working towards our rescue. And when he does come, justice will be served. To know that the Lord will come to us in our suffering to judge the oppressor and to liberate us is meant to comfort us. Because imagine if our suffering would be unending. This is going to cause us to lose hope. But to be assured that the suffering will end at some point gives us that motivation to endure. To be faithful to God even when it's hard. The persecuted church holds this perspective tightly. For us, struggling in the circumstances that we must go through, perhaps frustrated by the restrictions imposed upon us at this time, the encouragement to be patient may seem dismissive of our circumstances, but it's actually heartwarming and assuring because it tells us God is near and he sees us, he hears us, and that he will intervene. All of us can anticipate the coming of God 
who will overcome the oppressor and set us all free. But until that cataclysmic event, we're told to be patient. But that doesn't mean to be lazy and do nothing. We're to be like the Mediterranean farmers of James's time who wait for the land to yield its valuable crop as they wait for the, for the autumn and spring rains. In the Eastern Mediterranean, two seasons are normal and necessary for a successful crop. So the emphasis here is on patience and on the surety of the farmer that the rains and the harvest will indeed come, each in its due time. The waiting, of course, is hard psychologically because the farmer is helpless in the presence of the vagaries of the weather that determine the success of the crop. But the waiting will still involve a lot of hard work to endure the challenges of normal existence. So in the same way, a Christian who suffers cannot hurry the coming of Jesus. And so the waiting has the potential to be very hard. Patience then for a Christian is trusting in the promise that God will come to us. That means accepting that living as a Christian is often a struggle and an immense challenge, but it's in the waiting that it is still necessary for us, like the farmers, to cultivate an environment that is conducive to receiving the autumn and spring rains that will definitely come. That's our responsibility in seasons of suffering. That's what it means to be patient, to cultivate an environment within ourselves, within our lives, that is conducive to receiving all that God has for us, that we may be ready for his coming to us. What does that mean in practice? Well, James highlights some examples here in these verses. We're told to stand firm and not grumble. Now, standing seems straightforward, but when you're enduring much suffering, it's a lot harder than it sounds. But it's about working hard to strengthen your faith at a time when it could so easily waver. It's about remaining faithful, making sure nothing moves us. Now, not grumbling speaks for itself. Grumbling is evidence of a lack of patience and a lack of trust in the God who comes to rescue us. So when we suffer, we are usually more irritable and can potentially resent the reactions that others make towards us at the time. So we may complain of others at the unfairness in their response to us when we're suffering. We may recriminate others for we see them to be the cause of our suffering. Well, these, remind, these verses remind us that all of that grumbling is useless and it's overheard. It's overheard by the judge standing at the door. See that reference in verse nine. What does that mean? Grumbling means we've forgotten Christ is near. And it misses the point that we too are accountable to God. And even though we may suffer, we're still called to faithfully endure. To endure like the prophets of old and to persevere like Job. Those are the examples that are then being offered to us in the next few verses. So that means as prophets, we could still and should still speak out against the injustice. But we're also to persevere with the hope that like Job, God will bring good from it for us. 
So then remembering that the Lord is full of compassion and mercy, we turn ourselves to prayer in every season. So in this new normal, a mark of genuine faith in Christ is going to be seen in our prayerfulness as well as in our patience. So let me read those verses to you again to remind you from verse 13. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. There is never a time when it is not good to pray. There is never a time when it is not good to pray. Prayer is the number one priority of a Christian. Allow that to resonate for a moment. Prayer is the number one priority of a Christian. When we are in trouble, we pray. When we are sick, we pray. When we are locked in houses because of virus threat, we pray. When relationships are good and when relationships break down, we pray. When churches have to discern the way forward to reopen their buildings, the church prays. When the church is enduring under persecution or enjoying the comfort of peace, the church prays. There is never a time when it is not good to pray. It is the priority of every Christian. And we do so because the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And so we're given Elijah as an example in these verses. So let's take him as an example. We know of the answers to prayer that he received. So as well as for rain, which you can read about in 1 Kings 18, he would raise a son of a widow from the dead. You can read that in 1 Kings 17. And he prayed to God in a showdown with the prophets of Baal and fire came down from heaven, demonstrating that the Lord alone is the one true God. You can read all about that in 1 Kings 18. Now, this didn't happen because he was a prophet, because the emphasis in these verses is on the fact that he was, as it says in verse 17, he was a human being just like us. That means he struggled in life. He sinned. He was overwhelmed with the circumstances of this life. He cried. He suffered. He was just like us. And God heard his prayers. Now, I recognise I say this a lot, but I'm afraid I'm going to remind us all again. Anyone then who says, I wish I could pray more powerfully, or I wish I could pray like that person as we compare ourselves, or I'm just not that spiritual and I can't pray like this, or I wish I had the gift of prayer, then all of these attitudes are being confronted in these verses. Because prayer is not for the super spiritual. It's not a gift that God bestows on specific people. The reason others pray, let's say, 
in, quote, in quotations, better or more powerfully than us, is because they've made a choice to learn this and to grow in this. The reason we pray as we do is because this is what we've come to be content with. The scriptures are really clear on this, that we may not all be great preachers or courageous missionaries that go to the most dangerous places in the world or be the evangelist that pulls the largest crowd, but we can all be great and effective prayers. The death and resurrection of Jesus and your faith in him means that you have the power to bring down strongholds, to make it rain, to change your circumstances, to change history, to change this world. It makes us wonder then how much we actually put up with simply because we do not pray as the scriptures encourage us and as Jesus teaches us. Helpfully, for our context then, when a virus is affecting so many around the world at this time, what a privilege we have to pray and to pray for one another. Specifically praying for the sick, trusting that the Lord may raise them up, as these verses say here. So the emphasis here in the verses that we've just read is on the Lord raising the person from their sickbed. And the faith that is being talked about here is the faith of being in relationship with God and the prayer that flows from an ongoing trust and faithful commitment to God. So what does that mean? It means when it comes to praying with effect or lack of effect, the issue that we all need to address is the nature of our relationship with God and God's relationship with us in Jesus Christ that will lead to prayers that are powerful and effective. So prayers like Elijah that are powerful and effective come from Elijah being in close relationship to God and those prayers flowing out of his relationship with God. So that explains in part why there is a connection being made in these verses between our sin and the effects of our prayers. Now God, we know, is not limited in his power by our lack of faith or our sinful lives, but our wrong, our sin if you like, before God does hinder our ability to pray. The point is, Unconfessed sin has the potential to be a hindrance to the power of God at work in us because it points to a relationship with God that is not as it should be, which is why we are to learn to be a gracious community of believers that gives space for confession amongst us. The Christian community is a healing community. People are to know physical, mental, emotional, spiritual healing as they turn to God in prayer. And we can know this for ourselves too. So in this new normal, whatever that might look like in the future, as we grow in patience, we're continually being formed into a community of believers that prioritises prayer in our relationships with God and each other. It comes then with the hope that the oppressed are strengthened in their suffering that the sick are healed, 
that those who have sinned are restored. And as the final verses remind us, even those who have wandered from the faith are brought back. So in this new normal, let me encourage you all. Be a Christian community that prays with power and effectiveness. And as we endure these unusual circumstances, let me also encourage you, be patient. Why? Because the Lord's coming to us is near. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you are present with us. Father, we thank you that because of faith in Jesus Christ, we live our lives in the presence of God. We thank you for the privilege of prayer. Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray powerfully and effectively. And where there are things in our lives that you want to address in us, that would then lead us to become more effective prayers in your kingdom. We ask that you do so in grace, that we may respond in obedience, for we all long to pray as Jesus teaches us to pray. Help us, Lord, in our suffering as well, to be patient. We know many people that we could recall by name in this moment that are suffering, and it seems hopeless. We may ourselves be experiencing circumstances that overwhelm us, that cause us to question where you may be. We feel that we are being treated unfairly, and that there's a sense of injustice brewing within us. Father, thank you for the reminder that you are near. Comfort us in our suffering. Strengthen us, for we want to be faithful to Jesus Christ in this time. We recognise we can't do that in our own strength. So wherever we are now, Father, fill us with your Holy Spirit. That in every season, including in this new normal, whatever our circumstances, that we will all walk faithfully with you, our Father in heaven, in Jesus Christ. Amen.